I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham The Lord told me how He wants me to be to abide in Well, welcome everybody everywhere to the Covenant Living Broadcast this time. Glory to God. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get into the word. Father, we just thank you and give you praise today. I'm so grateful. I'm so honored to be able to bring this word to the people. I'm asking you to think through my mind, speak through my lips. I'm asking you for clear communication that will bring insight and deliverance as the Holy Spirit is involved in the hearing of the word and not just of the speaking of the word. We thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for the deliverances, for the healings, for the financial miracles that are taking place in all of our friends and all of our partners, all of our listeners within the sound of my voice. Bless them, Lord, beyond measure. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Well, last time, we, we, we concentrated on how to be conformed to the image of the Word, the image of the Son of God, and how that transformation takes place, as uh, Romans 12, 2 talks about. Uh, and it's done by the renewing of your mind. Now, the... A couple broadcasts ago, we really spent some time and delved into the fact that we should be living immersed in the Word. The Bible says, in Him, well, translate and meditate, in the Word, we live and move and have our being. Because we got to know what's in the Word in order to know how to apply it and, and how we should be living. Because if we don't know, then... Hosea 4.6 comes into action and God's people are destroyed, they're stopped, they fail, they fall short because they don't know. It's just as simple as that. So this week, this time, this broadcast, we're going to pick up on the renewing of your mind. All right, so go, go back to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 with me. If you don't have your Bible, hit, hit pause and go grab it. Because, uh, you know, you know what you got to... <laughs> Brother Keith Moore blessed me so much all the time. Oh, my goodness. He just blesses me all the time. But there's this one particular uh, uh, um, saying that he says right now, and I believe it was actually goes back to Brother Hagen. Uh, do you know what you have to have to be scriptural? Scripture. <laughs> That's right. You got to have scripture if you're going to be scriptural about things. And we've already discussed and decided, and we've decided, as for my, me and my house, we will not only serve the Lord, but we will live in the Word. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Preach myself happy when he started yet. Okay. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, 
but mighty through God, mighty through the word to, (laughs) glory to God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing, every high thought, every high everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, against the knowledge of the word, which you have to have lest you perish, lest you fail and fall short against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, every single one of them, to the obedience of Christ. Now, that's where we ended up last time, and we're going to pick up there. We talked about, we've used our sword of the Spirit, which is the spoken Word of God. We have spoken it and cast down the imaginations we used the example in that, in that last broadcast of uh, an imagination. All of a sudden you see your kids in a horrible wreck and they die. We've used the word. We've used words concerning uh, the word of God concerning our kids. Put it in our mouth. Spoke it out. Cast down that imagination. Now what? We can't leave a void. What are we supposed to do? Turn over to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Be careful for nothing. Well, I I, I apologize. Uh, 4 verse 6. And that's where I want to start. Yep. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. And it starts off, be careful for nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, if you're like a lot of us, you had to start making a correction right there. Because how many times do you tell somebody to be careful? Be careful now. Be careful now. Y'all be careful now. Well, I I just want them to watch out. Well, then tell them that. Say, y'all be watchful now when you're you're driving home. Okay? Don't fall into the trap that the devil's laid of using words that mean things that you don't want them to mean. The word careful means full of care, full of worry, full of anxiety. That's not where you want to be. Fear is perverted faith. Let me say that again. Fear is perverted faith. Now, the best illustration that I've heard of this is the illustration of a dangerous animal, say a poisonous snake. Your fear of that snake is faith in its ability to harm you. It's twisted faith, or it's faith in the lies of the devil, or faith in evil. That's what fear is. So this imagination comes up of your kids in a, in a massive car wreck, and, they, and they're just, just brutally killed. Well, if you don't cast that imagination down, that imagination is full of fear. And you start thinking fear. Then, if you don't watch it, you're going to say, Oh man, I'm afraid those kids those kids have been in an accident or something. Now you've spoken the word of fear. You've spoken the word of the devil instead of speaking the word of God. When you speak the word of God, it produces the desires, plans, and purposes of God. When you speak the word of the devil, it produces 
the plans, purpose, and desires is of the devil because the God is the Lord over. He watches over his word to perform it. Satan wants to be just like God. He watches over his words of fear, doubt, and unbelief to perform it if he can. Don't, don't be careful for anything. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer, that is... That is so, so, so important. Don't fear. Be not afraid. The Word tells us over and over and over and over again. Fear not. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, prayer and thanksgiving, let your requests be known. Oh, <laughs> wow, that was for somebody. Cast down your imaginations. Those imagine they're not yours till you speak them. The word says, take no thought saying. Cast down the imagination in every thought before you say it with the spoken word of God. And then take those thoughts... <laughs> which is what he's talking about right here in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are uh, just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, think, oh, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. All right. Now look, look what we've done. This imagination came. It exalted itself against our knowledge of God. We took our sword of the Spirit, the spoken word. We cast that thing down. Now, we have to meditate. We have to think, mutter, speak out, think about these things. Now, let me show you something really cool. He starts off with, Whatsoever things are true. Well... You don't have to turn there if you don't want to, but I'm going to. John 17, John chapter 17, and verse 17. Mm, thy word, sanctify them through your, through the truth. Your word is truth. (laughs) Don't you just love the word? Whatsoever things are true, think on the word. You go down through that list. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, it's describing the word of God. Whatsoever things are of a good report. What's the, what's the literal Greek definition of the gospel? A good report. Good news. Good news. That is what we think on. Think on these 
things. Go back to 2 Corinthians 10. Bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to, <laughs> to revenge all disobedience. Disobedience of what? I heard people have yanked that verse out and and used it in a vengeful way towards people. It's not what it's talking about. He just got done saying, bring every thought into obedience, into captivity, into the obedience of Christ. Having in readiness to revenge every disobedience of thought. If that, I'm telling you, I told you earlier, don't let one of those little suckers sneak, sneak in there. Every thought. Deal with every thought. And this is a place in the Bible where we're told, we're told to have revenge. Be vengeful. You you catch yourself thinking a thought that is not, that is in opposition to your knowledge of the Word of God. It's time for some revenge. And you attack that thing with the sword of the Spirit. Speak the Word of God. Cast that thing down and then meditate on whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are lovely, have a good report. Just go down the list. In other words, put the word in your thinking, in your in your speaking. Go back and look at Matthew 4 4. Look at Proverbs 4 20. Keep it in your eyes, keep it in your ears, keep it in your heart. Oh, Joshua. Go to Joshua, meditate, mutter, murmur till you're living in the Word. You're getting knowledge, you're learning, you're, you're thinking it, you're speaking it, you're living it, you're living it, you're speaking it, you're thinking it, you're thinking it, you're living it, you're speaking it. And you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind, transformed and conformed to the image of of Jesus to the image of the Word in your lot in life, according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, will, it will manifest in fullness in your life and you will be complete all the way to the end, spirit and soul and body, And think about that next verse, because He is faithful who has called you also to do it. The Word will do it, because He is alive and powerful and effective. Glory to God. Wow. You see the process. You see the process. You live and move and have your being in the Word. Then you put it in your mouth. You use the sword. You renew your mind with the Word. And it produces effect. Let me talk to you a little bit more about the fear. That that rose up so strong in me. Fear and the correlation and comparison of fear and faith. Okay, I gave the illustration about fear of the dangerous animal being faith in the animal's ability to harm you. Most people can see this. You know, if you use your faith for something, if you have faith 
uh, in for salvation, uh, if you have faith for healing, faith for finances, whatever, that faith is what draws the things desired to you, right? It's pretty easy, pretty simple, pretty elementary, right? Okay, once you have the understanding that faith and fear are the same forces in opposite directions, then it's easy to see the principle that fear is what draws the attacks and manifestations of evil, the the manifestations of the devil, into your life. For example, Job. Job's a perfect illustration of this. He became afraid that his children were going to blaspheme, curse God, and live wrong. Job 1 actually talks about he offered sacrifices for them for that reason. And then it says something very interesting. It says, this he did continually. Now, it's one thing if you if you think you have suspicion, you've been shown, you know, however, whatever, you find out that your children are do, doing something wrong. It's one thing to go before the Lord and say, Father, I'm asking you, according to 1 John 5, I am asking you for forgiveness for them for this. Hold it. Don't hold it to their account in Jesus' name. And then go on. Consider it done. That's faith. Okay? Now, doing that every day or 20 times a day is not faith. That's fear. I've got to do this because they may be messing up. I've got to do this. They may be messing up. You don't even know for sure if they're messing up or how much they're messing up. Now you've gotten into a place of exercising fear. And it'll draw, like it did in Job's case, his children's destruction if he didn't stop it. As a matter of fact, that's what he says on over, I believe it's in chapter 2. He says, That which I so greatly feared has come upon me. Well, I guess so. He used his faith for it. And he got it. Don't let fear damage your life. Don't let fear affect your lot in life. Use that sword of the Spirit. Cast that thing down. Don't take the thought saying. Alright? Alright, I just I needed to put that in there because it's, it just rose up so strong. Somebody needed to hear that. And if it was you, don't let it slip. Put it to work today. And then fill your mind and meditate on Philippians 4. Whatsoever things are the word. Get the word in your mind and put it in your mouth where your kids are concerned. Bless God. Now next time, we are going to discuss the next step in this process because we've talked a lot about the spoken word, right? We've talked a lot about the spoken word. We saw a little bit about the logos word, the written word, is alive. It's a live word, and it is Him. It is 
Jesus. And so now we're going to look at the spoken word because it's the spoken word that's your sword. It's the spoken word that is life, spirit and life. All right? So we're going to look at how do we get the spoken word? Are we dependent upon men? Or how does that all work? Well, we're going to get into that next time. But until then, remember that I love you. My family loves you. Jesus loves you. The Word loves you. And Jesus is Lord.